Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as hosts Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Thursday, November 14th, 2019, coming at you straight from Los Angeles, the home of MVPs galore. Just announced Cody Bellinger is the National League MVP. And in the American League, Mike Trout of your Los Angeles Dodgers and Angels, respectively, both the winners today. So congrats to them. Big news from Gino's front. He just had his baby, baby boy, Milo Bacola, has come into the world. So we'll talk to Gino a little bit later about that. He's actually tending to, uh, I think, a doctor's appointment with his son and uh, and his the his son's mother, Stephanie. And uh, he'll be joining us shortly. So congrats to Gino on that. And uh, we'll have some Milo talk a little bit later on because I'll tell you, I haven't seen a father this enthusiastic about having a child in a long, long time. So he's super, super excited, been tweeting out pictures galore. And uh, you could just tell that he's flooded with uh, love and affection for his son. Clearly a life-changing experience for him. Sports fans, good weekend coming up for sports. It's probably the commentary you'll hear from Gino and I the most is, how great of a sports time period it is and how great of a sports weekend is coming up. But we're just sports junkies, and uh, we hope that you are too. And that's probably why you're tuned in to listen to us. we got a great show for you today. Two guests, one, a regular of the show, the Mad Backer, Adrian Ross, former Cincinnati Bengals linebacker, really hard hit, hard-hitting linebacker. And, uh, He'll be joining us shortly here, and then later on in the show, we will have Vinny Bonsignor. He is the beat writer for the Los Angeles Rams with The Athletic, and he just announced, actually, that he is going to be moving over to the Raiders' side of things and will be working for the Review Journal of Las Vegas. So I think he's anticipating big move for the Raiders from Oakland to Las Vegas, and uh, he w- was made an offer that he couldn't refuse. So we'll talk to him a little bit about that and uh, and get his take on both the Rams and uh, their kind of slumping season, maybe a Super Bowl hangover, as well as the Raiders, who are really outplaying the expectations by a long, long way. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get to that. So let's get to our first guest today, which is the Big A. Adrian Ross, the mad backer, any listener of our show over the last couple of years has heard him bring it and bring it good. Big A, what is up, my man? What's going on, fellas? How you doing, man? I'm doing great. <clears throat> good. Doing Gino great. will be joining us in a, in a moment. As I said at the top of the show, Gino just uh, gave birth to a baby boy while well, his his girlfriend did, uh, baby boy. Uh, Milo. So, he, so he's like super on top of the world right now and is actually uh, wrapping up a doctor's visit. And then I'll be joining us uh, later on in the show. But how you doing, man? I'm doing real good. Doing real good. Loving this, uh, lo- loving this college season, college football season, basketball season starting up. and NFL, everything's going right now. 
man, I want to actually hit on all of those with you. Um, I think a good starting point would probably be college football and uh, and some of the NCAA news. So uh, first things first, man, talk to me. LSU, Alabama. What do you think? What, what, are, what are your takeaways from that game? Yeah, it was it was exactly what I expected, um, what I thought uh, watching watching the two teams, um, seeing the Tua injury, um, seeing the panic from Alabama with um, you know having him do having him do surgery on a high ankle sprain again to try to hurry up and be back for the game. You know um, that 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 was that was something that. I mean, I saw, you know, we saw him do the same thing to his other leg last year, and I'm like, wow, you know, Bama has these guys having surgery for high ankle sprains, and, you know, I thought this was the team that's so deep, and they're so deep, you know, like, like why do you need to rush to get, why do you need to rush to get this guy back, you know? Um, so I, I felt that there was, probably a, there was because, a worry uh, over there. I was just, sorry to interrupt you. I was going to say probably because uh, they don't have a guy named Jalen Hurts. <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, that's that's a that's a great point right there. And you know, speaking of the quarterbacks, I brought I, I saw Burrow and um you know he was he was uh, reminding me I, I haven't looked at him that much, but on the piece that I saw how he was doing a lot of throwing to a spot and it was more timing like Troy Aikman style. Um, and I saw that he was running that well. And that's, you know, getting good quarterback play has been their nemesis. So when I saw what he was doing, I was like, ooh, you know, like they might have fixed their problem. <laughs> yeah. They fixed their problem. I'm like, Alabama's in trouble. You know, and I'll that's tell you, exactly uh, what it was. Yeah, you know, I'll tell you, I, I, have, I have a very poor track record when it comes to evaluating college quarterbacks and how they'll transition to the NFL. So typically speaking, somebody that I'm like super high on and then it's like a big dud in the NFL and sometimes even vice versa where I'm like, I don't think this guy. Now, I, I did call Johnny Menzel and I'm not high on, on mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield, but I guess the jury's still out on him. But uh, Joe, mm-hmm. I mean, I'll tell you, Burrow, man, to me, he looks, I mean, I like his size, his frame. He could probably, you know, uh, maybe add a little bit, little, little bit of bulk, not too much, but, you know, from from a measurables perspective, he looks like he belongs. And, uh, you know, you're, you're talking about the timing routes and things of that nature, but he just looks, he passes the eye test as a quarterback. Seems like he's got a pretty strong arm. His accuracy was there. Um, I don't know, man. I, 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 I project him as a legit, not just starter in the NFL, but a perennial pro bowler and somebody who really can impact the game can really, um, you know, where defensive coordinators are going to have to game plan around his passing abilities. What are your, what's your take? Yeah, I, I like that. The more I continue to watch him, cause first I just, you know, I chalked him up as like one of the old LSU, like, uh, you know, whatever, they don't have quarterbacks. And then I started looking at him and I said, oh, okay. And I love the fact that he just continues to do what he needs to do to move the chains. You know, and and I feel that a lot of quarterbacks, even in the pros, I think they miss out on that. You know, it's, it's you know, second and three. I've seen like Garoppolo do that in the Niner game, you know, where it's, okay, it's just second and three. Like, can you 
get me one yard? Can you get me two yards? Like, you know, like run and run and move the chains. And we see the best at that is Russell Wilson. You know, like that's, that's just all he does. So I like, what you have. I, I like that assessment of Burrow. You know, yeah. I, I feel that, you know, you ask about Burrow with that, I feel that that's what I see in him is that he's willing to do what he needs to do. Yeah, and by the way, Ru- Russell Wilson, to me, he he's probably the most underappreciated, you know, superstar, mega player um, in a long time. I mean, if, imagine if he played like in New York or somewhere like that or for the Cowboys. I mean, I think a lot of it does have to you know, do with being in the, in the Northwest and you know, being in Seattle and playing there, you know, um, doesn't have right. like a, you know, it's huge of a following, but Russell Wilson, and he's doing it with like, you know, Lockett was, was hurt for a part of that game, but you know, he's got a lot of undrafted, you know, he, he does, you know, yeah. he doesn't have first round talent, wide receivers and running backs and, and re, you know, Marshawn was, you know, obviously, uh, even though he was at the latter stages of his career, you know, he still brought it and brought it hard. But for the most part, he hasn't really had great offensive weapons. Actually, a lot of his career, he hasn't even there had a good goal exactly. line either. I mean, to me, he's just super underappreciated. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's well stated there. I mean, it's, you know, the beginning of this year, it was almost like they just have wrote, wrote them off since the Legion of Boom is broken up. <laughs> you know, it's been like, oh, Okay, Legion of Boom is gone, and just, okay, yeah, we're not going to talk about Russell Wilson. And, nope, yeah, you are, because here I am again. <laughs> yeah. Well, he just keeps uh, doing I, it. He really does just keep doing it. And, uh, you know, and I think I think it's probably going to take another appearance, you know, another dominant performance in the playoffs and another appearance in the Super Bowl for people to really get it. I hope we do get that rematch, you know, with uh, with the Patriots and Brady. You know, because, I, you know, it's it's really crazy because I think that a lot of times, um, you know, we look at Brady's gaudy numbers with the Super Bowl rings, the number of championships for, you know, him and Belichick, you know, and then, you know, you'll be called a hater if you start looking at the breaking down each individual Super Bowl championship and kind of, you know, knocking against, well, you know, if Russell doesn't throw the interception, you know, if Carroll doesn't throw right. the ball, if he hands off the, you know, then 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 Brady, does, you know, has an, another L on, on instead of a W, right? And then in uh, the Falcons game, they blew a, whatever it was, 26-point lead. And, you know, you start talking like that, you're kind of considered a hater. But let's let's flip it around and, and let's just say that Russell Wilson uh, had the two Super Bowl rings, you know, and is now knocking on the door for number three or number four. You know, uh, if, if, if Seattle's progression, you know, continues on this uh, trajectory, you know, it's 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 mm. one of those things, man. So, I mean, to me, I'm really, really big on him. And I know that's not one of the reasons that we, we had you come on. But, you know, while I've got you here, do you mind if you play the, the role of co-host with me? Let's do it. All right, because uh, Gino, like I said, he's out of out of uh, out of commish for a little bit of time here, as he is with a doctor for his newborn and uh, making sure that his newborn, who was just born two days ago, for all of our regular listeners who are just jumping in now, Gino just uh, had a baby boy, Milo, 
And so uh, Big A, Adrian Ross, the mad backer, Cincinnati Bengals, uh, retired linebacker of many years, hard-hitting linebacker. He's going to be co-hosting the show with me. And uh, let's let's bring on a guest then, Adrian, and uh, and talk some some NFL, some Raiders and Rams talk. How does that sound? Yeah, let's get it. All right. Then let's bring our second guest of the show. Uh, anybody who listens to our show knows that we are huge fans of The Athletic. And anybody who is not a subscriber, subscribe. It's well worth the subscription. You, you get really detailed articles for whatever team you're a fan of, whatever sport you're a fan of, that you wouldn't get anywhere else. You're not going to get on ESPN.com or even on any of your favorite pro football sites or whatnot, basketball, baseball, you name it. They cover everything. And uh, so we're big fans here. We've had probably, I don't know, a dozen or more uh, the athletic writers come on and join us. But this is the first time that we're going to have my man Vinny on here. And I want to make sure to get the pronunciation of his last name right, because I believe it's Bonsignor. Maybe it's Bonsignor. I don't know. He could uh, clarify that for us, uh, Adrian. Vinny. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm good. Now, if you want to go full-on Italian, it's Bonsignore. But, bonsignore, uh, bonsignore okay. Bonsignore is perfect. Ooh, Bonsignore. Bonsignore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I was listening to you guys talk about the Seattle Seahawks, um, and I can remember last year when the Rams played them in Seattle. I want to say it was in October. It was pretty early, and uh, it was a close game. Um, you know, the Rams might have won by a field goal or definitely less than a touchdown, if I remember correctly. And I remember everyone walking off the field and talking to players in the locker room and some of the Rams decision makers, and they were like, yeah, the Seahawks are back. They were a playoff team. You could tell in that, on, that, on that Sunday afternoon that, that, that was, the Seahawks were, were a playoff team, and there was a lot of credit going to Pete Carroll and to John Schneider for quietly rebuilding that thing kind of on the fly, and it was a typical Pete, John Schneider-type type team where you obviously have Russell Wilson, who I think is the MVP of, the, of football right now and the best quarterback of the NFL right now, but a bunch of guys that nobody's really ever heard of unless you were some draft geek or some guy that had his, his, his head in the, in, the, in the draft guides and, and just watching intently uh, because, you know, a lot of known names, but guys that Pete and John felt could play and play soon and play early, and that's certainly what they did. So it'll be interesting to me in this NFC West uh, to see where it all ends up because I don't, I'm not rolling out the Seahawks making a, a run here. Uh, to chase down the 49ers and, and maybe even win that division. But uh, for sure, this division has turned over uh, a, a new leaf considering where it was just a couple of years ago. Uh, it's a legitimate division now, maybe one of the best in the, in, in the NFL. Um, and, and certainly the Seahawks and 49ers are, are the front runners right now. Yeah, no doubt about that. I completely agree with you. And actually, the 49ers were one of those teams that I was going to get Adrian Ross's opinion on uh, him being up in Northern Cali and uh, being able to see those guys up close and personal and, and those guys in the organization. But even the Arizona Cardinals are are playing uh, you know, above my expectations. And Kyler Murray's really progressed above my expectations. And you following this division so closely, I'm glad that you kind of hit on each of those teams and, and gave your uh, quick takes. So just so our listeners know, uh, because I, I gave the first half of the presentation on uh, introducing you, which was the athletic and the Rams. And then the, the second part I was going to get to was the review journal and covering the Raiders. So are you doing are you wearing both hats until they move to Las Vegas or give us a quick uh, a take on kind of what you got going on? No, it's a midseason trade, man. I'm going to the uh, I'm, I'm moving 
literally on Saturday. I'm moving up to the Bay Area for about a month and a half or so. Uh, however more many games the Raiders have, I think it's six or seven, uh, I'll be covering um, the rest of the way for the Raiders for the Las Vegas Review-Journal. So I'll be leaving the athletic. Um, that's the bittersweet uh, aspect of this and leaving Southern California and uh, you know, the Rams, uh, which it's been a fun beat these last four years, certainly the last you know, couple, three under, under Sean McVay. Uh, but but I'm I'm going to be covering the Raiders starting basically on Monday of next week, and uh, then January February I'll make, be making myself and my family the move to Las Vegas to cover the Raiders full time uh, out of Las Vegas. So uh, so kind of a a mid season trade here, but uh, you know the show goes on and you got to uh, you got to adapt and and do the best you can. So I'm I'm feverishly trying to learn the the Raiders roster and. I feel like I have a pretty decent command of it, but uh, certainly over these next uh, seven weeks or so, uh, I'll, I'll be embedded, indebted with them and, and, and doing the best that I can. But uh, looking forward to it. I think it's a great opportunity. Well, I think you've come to the right spot because that was the other Bay Area team that I was going to ask uh, Adrian about. So let's, uh, let's, let's share with you, Vinny. That way you could say I came away from this show with something <laughs> here. Uh, let's get an NFL perspective as a player in this league who knows defenses. And if you know defenses, then you know offenses and how to stop them. Adrian, share with us, you know, kind of what your thoughts are of, of the Raiders thus far through the season and, and kind of their playoff chances and, you know, and how you feel that they've kind of progressed from last year and the job Gruden's done, et cetera. Oh man, I um, you know I was one that was really critical of them uh, just just from how they've operated over the the last decade, <laughs> and so I was I was very critical. Um, but as I watched them this year, I'm very impressed at what Gruden has done um, with the team. Um, you know, especially after uh, the Antonio Brown situation. Um, more so, not 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 necessarily the situation, but the fact that that's a that's a trade that they acquired that talent and that talent's not out there on the field. And, uh, he, you know, they've, they've still had that offense rolling. Um, you know, like they've gone up against some uh, defenses that, that, uh, people, people were having a hard time. I think it was Chicago. I think they played and, you know, they were just, uh, <laughs> they were, they were going up and down the field against that, uh, defense. And, um, you know, so I could tell that they look different. And, and that's what I liked about them. A uh, lot more discipline uh, to them. Um, I hate that they lost the safety, Adams. I think he had a uh, shoulder injury. I think we would have seen them um, be even a little bit better. But um, I think, like you said, I think it's a great situation that, you know, you're getting a, getting a move to – Las Vegas with them and kind of, kind of, you know, it's like, like you said, mid mid season, but I think we're they're they're starting and they're kind of running right now. Hey, both of you guys, uh, we, we're up against it for commercial break. Can you guys both hang with us for a few more minutes? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Then let's take our first commercial break and we'll come back and continue with some NFL talk with the Madbacker Adrian Ross and with Vinny Bonsignore. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? <laughs> 
Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you. It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific. For Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Want to experience football from the perspective of a former player who also has coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver. He'll talk about the draft, play by play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl has the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. He'll cover the camps on and off the field and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back, everyone. We are uh, ecstatic to have with us uh, Adrian Ross of the retired member of the Cincinnati Bengals and Vinny Bonsignore, who has covered the Rams and now the Raiders in a midseason trade. Uh, I don't know what the athletic got back, but hopefully they got back a lot <laughs> uh, because I've been following your work for a long time and uh, you really bring it, man. A lot, a lot of uh, good work. So is the uh, review journal subscription based or if we live outside of Las Vegas, can we just go onto their website or, you know, what's uh, what's the status with that? It's a good question. I think that it's 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 uh, a certain amount. You know, you know, you get a certain amount per month, and then and then after after a period of time, um, or you exceed your monthly, uh, then then it becomes a uh, a charge. But I think it's pretty nominal, uh, kind of like the way it's going now for for newspapers. Uh, and it's fair. I mean, you know, there's people that work and put that stuff out, and uh, you know, to you know, I, I know it's 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 better to be free, but um, people do work and and and. Uh, they have lives and, and, and families and, and everything like that. So it's a nominal fee to get to get great coverage, and I'm looking forward to uh, you know to, to getting after it and you know talking about the Raiders. You know, going back to last year and some of the moves that they made, and you know I know that there, it's easy to criticize when you trade a Khalil Mack, and there's no doubt about it. But what I always and I, I feel like I have a pretty good line in with the with the Raiders, and it wasn't like you know they had woken up one morning and said, "Gosh, we're better without Khalil Mack." I mean, nobody does that. Uh, but their thinking was, especially since his situation was so tied into the Eric Donald situation, 
you know, Khalil, because he was drafted in the top, what, three, four, um, compared to where Aaron was drafted in the teens, he had the ability to, Khalil had the ability to kind of sit back and let Aaron's situation figure itself out, uh, because he was going into that final year making much more money, twice as much money as what Aaron was, was going to make that final year of his contract. So he had the ability to kind of wait it out. And once Aaron's contract came up, and this was inevitable, then he knew what the market was, the new market, had defensive line, and then he was going to go right into the Raiders' offices and basically say, this is what we're going to want. And the Raiders decided, look, you know, we're not a better team without Aaron or uh, Khalil Mack, but we might be better without him with the draft assets that we can recoup by trading him, plus the money that we're going to have. Uh, to be able to spread it around and, and build a better team. They just weren't in the same position that the Rams were in terms of the rest of the roster. The Rams roster was intact. They had, a, obviously, a Super Bowl roster that they just kept Aaron Donald um, on, whereas the Raiders had so many holes. I think John Gruden figured that out early in his tenure there and decided, look, we're, we're better off being able to fill multiple holes with that money in the draft assets rather than putting in all, all of it to, to one player. It was an unfortunate situation, and they got a lot of criticism for it. They dealt with it, but there was a plan in place. It wasn't like they were haphazardly doing this. I think we're starting to see that plan kind of in effect this year, and it's not just this year. They've got draft picks coming up. They've got a lot of money to spend under the cap next year. Uh, so they're, they're positioning themselves pretty well, and it's already kind of coming to fruition right now. Yeah, you hit a lot of really uh, important, uh, you know, kind of tidbits there in in how you describe that situation. And just from my perspective as an agent, you know, and I'm always going to be siding with like existing players in the league. Um, so that that's kind of an obvious thing. But I've always wondered, and I've talked to you know whether it be you know GMs or or other you know top level executives with with these teams when. You, you don't see a, you don't see up until this year you really didn't see a lot of trades in football. Obviously, the big one historically of all time was the Herschel Walker deal, and we see what that haul of assets did for the Dallas Cowboys. But since then, and the reason I brought up the existing players is because I've always felt you know what it's funny how all these teams are always trying to stockpile draft picks and they'll they'll trade away guys to stockpile these draft picks, but draft picks are so unpredictable. You really don't know what you're getting going to be getting and if they're going to really pan out or not. And so uh, case in point, I really liked it when I saw the Steelers had a need. They went after Minka. Dolphins got their return and Minka has been delivering big time since he arrived in Pittsburgh. With that said, even though I'm more interested in getting back a what you know what you're getting, right? You know what you're getting when you trade for an existing player who plays at an all pro level. With that said, Khalil Mack would have just been wasted away probably for two or three years, like you mentioned, Vinny, with that existing roster. So it wouldn't have helped the Raiders in any way is the way that I see it. So even though I value an existing player more, uh, you know, a Pro Bowl or an all-star type player more than a draft pick, in this case, they got, you know, they got fair value back, in my opinion. And, you know, uh, to his credit, you know, a lot of people were like, Gruden's been out of the game for 10 years but he really wasn't like out of the game. I mean, the guy was watching as much film as any, you know, as any head coach in the league, right? Whether he's doing it for ESPN or building a roster, and probably the same thing for Mayock too. So maybe you could kind of give your quick take on on your what what you've observed so far from those guys. 
Yeah, and, and, and you know, you, you bring up some good points, and, and the other point of that is so much of football, the NBA, life in general, is circumstance. When to go for it, when to kind of pull back, when to be honest with yourself like the Raiders were, and it was a brutal honesty and assessment that we're, this roster is not good right now, and we need, to, we need more than just one really great defensive player, and that's some, sometimes that's a humbling uh, you know, realism to come to, but uh, the Raiders did, and uh, it really was part of the motivation for what they did last year in trading Amari Cooper as well. So, um, but, but you also have to have confidence and conviction that we have the right people in place to now maximize those assets, whether it's the money under the cap, that's as big an asset as, as draft picks are, uh, or, and or the draft picks as well, and being able to hit on as many of these draft picks as possible, and or you know, uh, utilizing them to move up in the draft, to move down in the draft, to accumulate even more picks. Um, there's there's uh, a talent to that as well, and, and if you're confident, that you have the right people in place to be able to go ahead and maximize those assets, it makes the decision to part with a player like that a little bit easier. Now, obviously, now it's all about execution from this point forward, not just execution and who they invest those draft picks in or what are the money that they have, but it's also now can our coaches develop them in time to make to maximize now this new window that we've created for ourselves. And that's one of the great things that I like about covering the NFL now for the last four years is seeing how all of that kind of works, you know, and, and it's not just, hey, we, we, we drafted, you know, uh, so-and-so with a third pick in the draft. It's now we're going to hand them over to our coaching staff, uh, our training staff. You see guys that, you know, you see them uh, in OTAs and they look a certain way and then all of a sudden in training camp they look a little bit differently and then during the season they look even more different and then when they come back after an off season, you're like, whoa, what happened to you? Well, I just spent a whole year in an NFL program focused on football, eating right, lifting weights on a program. And when you have all of those things functioning at a high level for your, for your team, then you have a lot of confidence, like I said, in, in, in go ahead and going ahead sometimes and trading a great player away because you know that you have what it takes inside your organization to maximize that. And, and, you know, the proof will be in the pudding. Obviously, they have to execute from this point forward. But so far, so good from at least my vantage point that they've been able to maximize some of these draft picks and some of the um, money that they spent in free agency to help get this thing headed in the right direction. Good stuff there, so Vinny. I know you're up question, Vinny. Oh, go ahead, Adrian. Oh, go ahead. No, no, please. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, uh, take take on this is that, uh, you know, like I think you illustrated it very well. Here's, here's, here's why I questioned the, the other side of it for me as, a, as this is the former player, more so than just trading away Khalil Mack. To me, it was the, in, in the way that they did it without talking to him, the whole thing of him, the of Gruden coming in and no one talking to Khalil Mack and not saying it, how you said it. Now, here's the team that's going to go on a show, and they're, and they're going to air everything, but you're not going to have a conversation with this young man and the caliber player that he was. But you go sign Vontez Burfecht, right? Well, so you bring well, you know, Burfecht in. And I, the year before, you – Yeah, and – What? And I, and, and, I, and I totally understand that. But for everything that I've heard, it was the other way around. The agent wouldn't let the player talk to John Gruden. I think John Gruden wanted to talk. I know he did. I know that's he what I want to know. Okay, yeah, that, thank you. Yeah, that's what I'm asking. Thank you it for was, that. That's what I want now, to know. And, 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 and maybe that's the agent doing his job and also the agent understanding, like, look, we ha- we're going to wait. We're going to play this thing out because 
down in Los Angeles, Aaron Donald, who was drafted, you know, nine picks after you or whatever the case was, he's going to set this market. And once he does, then it's our turn, and then we're going to be able to reset it. You always knew, based on everything, the way that whole thing was playing out, you always knew that Mac was just going to sit back, wait for Aaron Donald to set the market, and then come in and say, all right, that's the market. Now I get a little bit more, which he ended up getting more by the Chicago Bears. Um, so there was no communication from, as I understand it, and, I mean, reliable people who have told me this, Mac just wouldn't pick up the phone or... You know, when, 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 when Gruden called. So it wasn't the Raiders not wanting to talk to Mac. It was the other way around. Got it. Thank you. Now, now Vinny, I know you're, uh, you're on a schedule. So uh, one, one, one last question for you. Adrian was talking about that Bears game uh, where, uh, you know, there, that was in London. And it was kind of a tale of two halves. But then the Raiders, you know, ultimately end up getting the win. But Adrian was mentioning in one of his observations that they were kind of marching up down, up and down the field against the Bears. And I think that's probably one of the areas that uh, has been a pleasant surprise, has been their offense. Obviously, stud rookie running back, reclamation project on the tight end position. Offensive line has done really well. Uh, you know, receivers, uh, you know, uh, kind of holding their own. But my, I guess my question for you is this. I have been told by an insider from the organization that if you would have talked to Gruden on draft day, he would have said 100% unequivocally that they're moving on from Carr. After nine weeks of the season so far, or, you know, going into week 11 now, with him being one of the league leaders in, in completion percentage, I think he was the leader. I don't know if he still is after last weekend or not. Uh, do you think his stance has changed? Um, I'm sure he's being swayed, yeah. Uh, no question about it. And, and, you know, I look at Derek Carr, and, and uh, they're not the same quarterback, but, but circumstances are, are – there's some similarities between he, he and Jared Goff. If you go back to 2016, and really if you go back to right now with what Jared Goff is, is, has been dealing with or not dealing with with the Rams this year compared to what he was the last two years – Listen, I don't care how good a quarterback you are, Tom Brady included. If you can't protect them, if you can't create through that, you know, blocking uh, a safe place to operate from and a good running game to play off, I don't care how good a quarterback you are. Even Russell Wilson, and he's the best in the league as far as I'm concerned. You're going to have issues. And if you look at what the Raiders did and how they attacked their offensive line uh, free agency this year and last year in the draft, uh, they've hit on some of those guys. Now, you know, Derek Carr is being protected better than what he was the last couple of years. Uh, the running game is functioning better because of that offensive line. Conversely, you look at the Rams, their offensive line is now in complete disarray. They've had injuries, they had disruption because they were starting new players uh, to begin with, young players that hadn't, you know, weren't proven players. They didn't uh, make the transition as quickly as they would have hoped, and we've seen that on the field. Now we see a different Jared Goff because it's a different team around him. Um, and I think Derek Carr is benefiting from the improvements that they made at the offensive line with the Raiders, and Jared Goff is suffering because of some of the things that happened on the offensive line with, with the Rams. So is he, has he completely changed his mind? I think he's being swayed. I and mean, I think that you know, Derek Carr now has seven more weeks to really solidify that um, you know, and continue to play well and continue to put this team in the right direction. And to me, they're firmly in the, 
in the playoff hunt, especially when you look at the teams that they're going to play. Now, obviously, they have to take care of business. There's no excuse against you know the Bengals this week and the Jets the following week. Those are games that playoff teams have got to beat. I don't care where they are being played, uh, what the circumstances are. You go win those two games. Now, all of a sudden, you're seven and four. I think they would be. Um, you still have the Kansas City Chiefs to play again. Um, you know that you look at the, the rest of the AFC, and it's you know it's it's kind of a down AFC this year. So whether it's their division or whether it's a wild card, they're they're putting themselves in the right position. And if Derek Carr can be the orchestrator of that, then there's no reason why John Gruden wouldn't, wouldn't want to say, hey, you know, if we do right by him around him, he's a guy that we can trust to get us to the playoffs and, and hopefully even further than that. Vinny, good stuff, man. Can I get two yeses or nos out the door here? Yes. There's one. Uh, the Raiders are playoff team. Uh, hmm. I, I, I got to see more, uh, but I think they can be. I'm sorry. I can't go yes or no just yet because they're, to me, they're, they're <laughs> and it's funny because the, the Rams are five and four and the Raiders are five and four, but you couldn't have two different five and fours right now. One's going in one direction, the other's kind of going in the other direction. So. Uh, I think they, right. I think they can be, and that's quite that's quite. Uh, when you really think about it, who would have thought that we would be saying that? You know, nine games into the season, definitely. And you anticipated yeah. my next one, and you already knew it. Are the Rams playoff team? It's going to be hard. Um, I, I I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I think they they've got, you know, they've fallen too far off the pace in the uh, in the NFC West, and, and there's some teams ahead of them right now in the in the wild card in the NFC and. You know, that you're, you're starting a rookie at right tackle against the Bears. You're starting a rookie at right guard against the Bears. You're starting a center who doesn't have a career start at center in the NFL, and he's only in his third year. And you're starting a second-year player at left guard. And then you got Andrew Whitworth, you know, bookending that. But you do the math on that going up against the Chicago Bears this week and then the Baltimore Ravens next week. That's pretty daunting. Vinny, how no, can our listeners the genius, follow you? Though. Oh, they yeah, well, that's, genius, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I think I think I think even he would tell you that. Well, first of all, that's genius. That's nonsense, and he would tell you that himself. Uh, but 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 it's a it's it's you know football is the ultimate team game. Whether you're talking about the coaches or the players, and if you don't have the right players, the right experience level, um, you know you're gonna that's gonna show as as a coach. So things didn't quite work out for them this year so far uh, as far as injuries go, and they were the healthiest team in the NFL the last few years. And then also uh, a couple of guys probably didn't make the transition as quickly as they thought they would on the offensive line, and now that offensive line is just decimated. So, you know, if you don't have confidence that you can block a play or protect a play, there's no ch- there's no there's no reason even calling the darn play because it's not it's not going to wake it work. And we've seen the game plans how they've changed this year based on what's not happening up front. And is that a coaching issue? I mean, you know, at, at some point you have to coach those guys up. But from a play-calling issue, and I talked to Sean about this last week, it absolutely affects his play-calling when you have an offensive line that's just not blocking as well as it has been, and really not even close to as, uh, how it has been these last couple of years. So I think when you're talking about genius and everything like that, the first thing you have to look at is, you know, is it getting protected or not? And right now, it's not. So he's going to take the ding for that. He's, he's got big shoulders. He'll, he'll accept, you know, the criticism and all of that. But I don't think he's changed as a coach from – you know, last year to this year, there's some other mitigating circumstances that they'll try to work their way through the rest of this year and, and into next season. But if I had to put money on whether or not a Sean McDay will get it figured out eventually, my money is on him doing that. Good stuff, Vinny. How can our listeners follow you? 
I'm at uh, daily, or excuse me, uh, at Vinny Bonsignor uh, on Twitter, and then uh, starting next Monday at the Las Vegas Review Journal. Um, so uh, just just uh, hit me up there, uh, and I'll, I'll I'll send out all the links and everything like that on on, on Twitter. But uh, look forward to getting started. Can't wait to can't wait to get uh, get all this uh, up and running with the Raiders. That sounds fantastic. And if they do make a playoff run, we'd like with to, that, man. Yeah, congrats. We'd like to have you back if, uh, if they you. make a playoff run. Absolutely. You guys got the phone number. Uh, hit me up anytime. Vinny, thank you. Appreciate it, my friend. All right. Have a good one, guys. You too. Right, thanks, Vinny. Vinny with the previously with The Athletic and on now to covering the Raiders for the Review Journal. Adrian, I know we want to talk some NCAA. We want to talk about... This uh, kind of change of the tide in the opinions regarding athletes getting paid. Let's take a quick commercial break and we'll come back and we'll talk about that and get your take on um, an interview that was circulating the other day. Stay with us, everyone. We will be right back with the mad backer, Adrian Ross, with some Gino and Milo talk as well. Stay with us. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety this week on the revolution with jim and trav the boys are chatting 360 outdoors everything from global conservation efforts to fall fishing torque on the hunting trail and so much more joining them is ivan carter of wildlife heroes cat daddy tom somerville ford super duty brand manager and steve nessel yamaha motorsports marketing manager the revolution's 360 outdoors discussion is presented by outdoor channel sportsman channel world fishing network and my outdoor tv saturdays at 9 a.m pacific noon eastern on the voice america variety channel Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at the MikeAbadirShow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the Mike Abadir Show. And joining me is the Madbacker, Adrian Ross. 
Interesting stuff from Vinny regarding the NFL, and uh, we always love talking NFL. But let's shift the conversation a little bit, Adrian, and uh, and talk a little bit about this Fair Pay to Play Act that's uh, kind of come through here in California. And uh, there was an interview the other day on uh, Takeo Spikes' podcast. Uh, I don't remember his partner's name, so forgive me for that. But they had Bruce Pearl on, who was a longtime college basketball coach, uh, I believe currently in the media side, or is he back to coaching at Tennessee? I think he's at Tennessee. Is that correct? Auburn. He left Tennessee. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So mm-hmm. he obviously is going to have an opinion as a college head coach, right? And it's probably right. going to differ than <laughs> – than opinion that you or I might have. But I know you had kind of a, uh, not necessarily a beef, but, you know, you had some counterpoints to what he was saying. Maybe you could kind of give the listeners a little bit of a flavor as to kind of what he said and what your response to that is. Oh, yeah. So uh, he was on uh, Spike's podcast, and um, I think it's called uh, Beyond the Mask. And, um he started talking off basically the title of it was supposed to be, you know, about the fair pay, uh, the fair, uh, the fair. Yeah, it's almost like a tongue twister. Act. Yeah. It's like a tongue twister. Yeah. And it's like that part kind of tricks everybody. Cause it doesn't really have anything to do with them paying with them being paid to play. So I think that's where I think that was the beginning problem right there, like you said, because he's being hi- he's hired by the institution. Those are the lenses that he's always going to be wearing. So he ended up start you know talking about uh, how he thinks college athletics is di- has created diversity, and uh, that's where he first ran off with me, um, you know, stating that uh, you know back in the day African Americans got there on their athletics and then they got to college and they were, it was found that they were smart. Uh, what? Okay. So, okay. You know, I'll, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about there, but, um, you know, he, he said that like the world didn't know, like the world didn't know that they were until college athletics all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, unveiled that, to the world. That, was, that now, Oh, blacks you. are actually smart. Wow. Yeah, but we know they're athletic, but hey, they're smart too. Yeah. You know, so that was the first thing that threw me off, and I didn't know what that had to do with the Fair Pay to Play Act. Um, And then when he got to that point, he said, when it comes to name, name, image, and likeness, you know, I'm not an expert on it. And I'm like, thank you for saying that. And he said, but I think that maybe they can come up with, like, an annuity, you know, where guys could end up getting the money later. And then he mentioned pros, you know, like, wouldn't you like it if after your pro career was done, you'd have an annuity from your college playing days. And, you know, the co-host was like, yeah, I'd love that. Cause all I would do was back then, if I got the money, I'd spend money on sneakers and video games. And I've kind of heard, you know, somewhat not necessary sneakers and models, but this whole, you know, thing that the players would spend the money. And my question to them would be, well, what's the difference the next year when you go to the pros and they pay you? Why aren't you, why, why, why isn't, why isn't that a model then for pro <laughs> when it's, when everyone wants that model 
for the same guys the year before and or the year after because I'm talking about guys that are leaving after three years. You well, know, not just uh, that, that's but like, something I'll ask you right now. Mm-hmm. Well, not just that. I was going to say, like, what about, okay, so they're in college. These are college students, right? You go to college to get a job, right? Whether you get a job, you know, if you're in the band and you want to do something musically or whether you're, you know, pre-med or, you know, want to get become a veterinarian or, or a MD or you want to be an accountant or whatever the case may be, you're there to prepare yourself, obviously, to get educated, to be more worldly and all that stuff. But let's face it. You're there to get a job. So how come then the guy that works there that wants to get a sales job and works for Verizon Wireless as a salesperson, how come we're not going in there and saying, hey, we don't want him to spend all his money. So we're going to do this thing for all Verizon workers and for all, you know what, the heck with exactly. it. Let's, scratch it. Let's do it for every profession across the board. If you're between the ages of 18 and 23 you can't get paid everything that's owed to you on the spot. We're going to break it up for you. Thank you. That's it right there is like, stop singling out this whole combining the word student athlete, because when they're playing the sport, there's no, there's, there's no teaching going on. There's only performing. Like there's not a teacher that's teaching you. So, you know, this term amateur is just a label that has been given to not compensate these so-called late college, these uh, collegiate athletes that they're labeled. And so, and then going back to the Fair Pay, Pay to Play Act, it has to deal with them using, them having now the right to use their name and likeness, which essentially means they'd be able to hire an agent. And that's what I think is missing is like all, all the words and the terms. And it's kind of, uh, you know, I think they're deceiving people with, with the title of that act. And, you know, and that was in California. And then the NCAA turns around, what, the next month and, and, and implements it in college or as an NCAA right now <laughs> after they were opposing the California bill. Isn't that something? <laughs> now it's now it's fine on this end. Yeah. After they were saying, "Hey, if you guys don't, if California, if you guys don't do it, we won't let you participate in the bowl game." I was like, "Yeah, like what kind of bluff is that?" When the Rose Bowl was, was the granddaddy of them all. Now, now you guys don't want the Rose Bowl. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you. I mean, that. I mean it's it, just. Go ahead. No, I just gonna say it's it's really interesting how hypocritical a lot of these entities are i mean let's you know and i don't want to shift the conversation too much but to me i i see the hypocrisy all the time you know remember for the longest time you know kind of sports wagering was taboo it was kind of under this you know gambling umbrella which is taboo you know and it's right you know you know it's that's just for you know degenerates and and it's just morally wrong to gamble and you know, that was maybe way back in yesteryear and you had the mob running kind of the gambling circles and, and then be, be, Vegas became a destination place. And, you know, the a- attitudes didn't soften like that much. It was like, OK, you go do that in Vegas, but that's it, you know. And now fast right. forward to like 2017, 2018, 2019, it's a very different world. It's embraced. I mean, you could even have like a player even 
appear basically at a at a casino. I remember a few years ago, Tony Romo went to go show up for a fantasy football convention that was held at a casino, and the NFL sent out memos to all the players that were supposed to attend, and like, don't go, you can't go. This is associated with gambling, can't do it. Now these te- these leagues are partnering with these casinos, and ultimately they're going to want they're going to have in stadium wagering between each play. Is it going to be a running play? Is it going to be a passing play? You bet through the app. Bet 100 bucks on a running wow. play. So, I mean, the hypocrisy is just too much, man. It's just too much. It's all driven by the dollar. And, you know, and, and that's nothing new for society, right? But, you know, it's just, right. you know, I think these hypocritical kind of, uh, it, it shows their true colors, doesn't it? Oh, it definitely does. And, like, that's, that's, that's what I want to tell the listeners that have young young children coming up that, you know, a lot of them right now that have children that are, you know, between 6 and 13 years old, they're not thinking of it a certain way. They're thinking about all the their time period. And then later on, I'm like, all, all of this stuff is going to be for your children. Like, like they, should be, they should be receiving compensation, and they should be setting themselves up as a business right now. And that's what has to happen to the athlete. We don't have to have different concessions made because they're young. Just like how you said, baseball, you know, like uh, Kyler Murray was drafted, right? Like how much money did Kyler Murray get uh, get when he came out for baseball? I think like like or 4 million or something like that? Yeah. And how old was he? Kyler is what? Like he's young. He's like 22. No, I mean like but, but when they, he was drafted, once, he was once, even younger than that, you know? <laughs> yeah, so why isn't baseball and why aren't all these guys saying, hey, like, put that in an annuity? You know, like, that's my problem when I see former athletes saying this crap. You know, it, it's like you, you were 20 years old and you came out as a junior when you had a signing bonus. So stop with this, we, you know, with this. It's so hard to figure out how to compensate them. The pool of money is sitting there. And all you have to do is shift it and move some of the pool over here. And that's actually for when you're talking about paying them. This isn't even talking about paying them. This is saying that they can go out and, and seek other compensation outside of the game or outside of their sport by using their name and likeness, and they can hire representation to do that. Still hasn't resolved the them being paid issue. No, and I no, think that, 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 was, that was kind of what bothered me. Yeah, no, that's that's you, you know you 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 analyze that pretty good, and uh, w- definitely want to have you back on to further discuss this issue. We're pretty much uh, at the wrap up of the show period here, uh, so you know, big thank you to you for joining us, and we'll we'll talk more about this issue as more and more kind of comes down the pipeline with with respect to legislation or whatnot. We got a few seconds left here. I know a lot of the listeners always wait till the last uh, few minutes of the show to get the NFL selections. I was one, one, and one last week. The the saving grace for me uh, for making it such a push of a weekend was saying that Seattle was going to win outright against the 49ers. Gino had a good week. He was two wins. Yeah, he was two wins and one push. So uh, out the door here, uh, what a leave you guys with some winners before the uh, weekend is over. Take the Redskins. 
it's this battle of two crappy teams, Redskins and and the Jets. They're coming off a bye, and if they feel comfortable enough to have Dwayne Haskins start this game, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put my money where my mouth is if I'm the Redskins. Put him out there. Let's see what the kids got for the last few weeks of the season, and uh, and 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 uh, we'll we'll take that to the bank. That's really my only play this weekend. Uh, Gino will be back with us next week, and we'll talk more NFL. And uh, and he will will pick on. We'll continue with our winning ways. Let's just say last week. I think we've we've turned the corner, and uh, we'll give you a breakdown of all of our records for the course of this season. As always, thank you for listening. Always appreciate your listenership. Big thank you to Vinny. Always thank you to the Mad Backer, Big A, Adrian Ross. Have a tremendous sports weekend, everyone. We'll see you same time, same place next week. Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.